hi welcome back to the get fit podcast y'all so today i have miss leslie smith of hair and design company she and i connected through the wonderful world of facebook y'all this entrepreneur group that i'm in has been fire for getting me connected with so many different people so i'm so excited for y'all to get to hear her story chat with her y'all will get such a kick out of she is also a runner so my ability to basically only book podcast guests who also run uh has still going strong so i think this makes like number eight who runs who i don't know that runs before this interview so i'm not just like honing them out you guys i just happen to find other runners which is exciting for me to get to talk about ma'am if you would just like to tell us your story how you got here tell me the goods well the goods i am a single mom three kids i have had my own business for 19 years, which is kind of unusual now on the internet. There's a lot of people who started up in the last five years, even more who started up in the last six months. But I've been doing this. I'm, I've been in marketing and advertising for 30 years since before the internet, literally before computers. I started out when I was in college as part of Adobe's beta group to test out their new software, which became Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator eventually. And then when I graduated, nobody had computers because really, they weren't that common. So my first six months, I set type by hand and then convinced the company I worked for to get computers. So I am that old. I've been in marketing that long. And years later, when I worked for, I was a magazine editor, also handling the marketing and advertising for organization I worked for, the internet started becoming a thing. And we actually had a conversation. Do we need a website? No, that'll never replace our magazine, which obviously those are funny, funny things now. And then 19 years ago, I started my company and it was not, it was a split second decision. I had planned my company for months. I had a business plan written out. I had a marketing plan, everything planned. And then I was terrified to jump ship. I had a job. I loved my job and I was well paid, well compensated, but it, somebody controlling my schedule was always just hard for me. I knew I wanted to do more. I knew I wanted control of my life. And then my former husband took a job out of town and suddenly I was having to pick up my three-year-old from daycare every day. And my boss said, need you to find a daycare that stays open later because you're flying out the door right when we close. And that's just not a great idea. And I went home that night and thought, I think there's a better option than this. I, I don't want my son in daycare any longer than me is. So long story short, three days later, I turned in my two week notice, hit the ground running in the two weeks that I turned in my notice, I had enough business come in. I told everybody. Uh, and so I had enough business come in that I've never looked back at all. Well, a couple of times I've looked back, but I've had business ever since then. And then about four years ago, the economy here around my clients are all over, were all over the Southeast, but typically within half a day's drive. And then things started shifting and I decided to take my business online to give me, partially to give me freedom to work from wherever, and partially because I felt like that's where I could make more money, honestly. And it sounded like it was going to be simple. I bought into this fantastic coaching program that cost me an arm and a leg and fell completely flat, like nothing worked. And I thought it was me. I really did because I was following what I thought their directions were to a T and I could see everybody else or not. Every, it turns out not everybody else. But at the time I thought everybody else is making this work, but me, there's just something wrong with me. So I almost closed my company. I, I, I went through that whole, just the mindset and I felt horrible about myself. And it's like, I, I'm failing. I can't figure this out. I've been doing marketing for so long, but with the internet, this is just a new territory. I can't do it. 
And so I ended up, I completed that coaching program. A couple months later, started talking to people who had been in it with me. And turns out most of us, it was not working. And that's not a good thing other than it gave me a little more confidence that maybe it wasn't just me. So I started talking to other people, doing as much research as I can. And just realized that the way that particular person, that coach, marketed himself was so wrong for my personality. It just, it didn't work at all. And um, so throughout the next year and a half or so, I started playing and testing and figuring out, you know, and there are dozens of different ways for people like me, service providers, to market themselves online. And what I've discovered is each one of us has a different, I mean, it's just like what fits your personality. That particular coach's way of getting business was literally going into Facebook groups, being obnoxious, drawing attention to yourself, getting people into conversations. And that is so opposite of my personality. I couldn't do it. And even when I was really trying, it, it, it fell flat because that's not me. What I have discovered is getting involved in groups like the one we're in and helping people. I make friends that way. And then I have my own Facebook group that I make friends both on Facebook and LinkedIn. And most of my clients I pull in from LinkedIn. I bring them into my group and then that's the way I get to know them. And I do the whole, you know, nurturing sequence that most people who are in marketing understand that you, you develop things to let people get to know, like, and trust you. But for me, it's not about starting off being obnoxious and making sure people know I'm the authority and, you know, just that heavy handed approach that doesn't work for me. I've taken that and, and applied it to clients and I tell them, you know, there's not one way there's not, you know, one size fits all. And anybody who tells you that they're telling you that because that's the only way they know. And I've discovered, I mean, over the last year I work with clients and, and they always say, well, how am I going to, how am I going to reach my clients? I'm like, I don't know. We have to figure that out. You know, that depends on your personality. That depends on who your clients are, you know, what makes you feel comfortable. And so, but it's been this incredible uplifting and empowering experience for me to discover that one, it wasn't that I was a failure. It was just, I wasn't exactly getting the right information or the right information for me. And um, so over the last year, I've tweaked my program to where I work mostly with women entrepreneurs. And I also discovered things that I've known from marketing from way, way back are so applicable to us, to the women business owners, where if you connect with the right people, where if you're working with an ideal client who you know makes your life more fun, it, it makes your business more fun. And then you use your branding to represent you and your personality. It's a huge confidence boost. And so what I tell clients is I'm going to help you make more money because we're going to do your marketing. We're going to do your branding. But what I'm also going to do is help you find your confidence level. We're going to use your branding to increase your confidence and that the increased confidence, probably as much, if not a little more than the marketing and branding is what helps people make money. So it's, I've come not full circle so much, but I've totally changed the way I do business since I've come online and it's lovely. It's fun. So that may be far more than you wanted to know, but that's my story. No, I love, love, love that you touched on that. That just wasn't the right coach for you. I like, since I got into the online space, I've had different coaches. I've done different courses and like some of them were great and some of them didn't resonate. And I went through the same thing. I was, well, this person is doing so good doing this. I'm doing something wrong. 
because I'm doing exactly what they are when they weren't the right kind of coach because I have discovered in this space that the coach that gives you a cookie cutter, every single person can just follow these exact steps is not necessarily the best coach. Like there are some things that that works really well with, but for me, just being like, I have to do this and this and this and that's what everyone else is also being taught. I'm like, we're not all like that. We're all different people. We come with different experiences. The whole thing that makes us good coaches and good in the space is our own experiences. And if we're all trying to be that one person, it's good for that one person because people are gonna be like, well, these people suck at what they're doing, but this other person does it all better and then end up there. So I love that you like touched on that and that you kind of struggled with that, but then you realize, as everyone should, that you don't have to be anybody else you get to be your own person. You get to show up as you want. And I think that touches so deeply into what branding is. Branding is you. Like, how do you define branding for your clients? When we think of branding, it's not just a logo. I can think of, there are too many things in my office that have logos, like Nike. Or do mm-hmm. Nike is a swoosh. You can see it. That's their brand that comes to mind. But Nike is getting in the gym. It is smashing some weights. It is freaking awesome shoes. Nike is, was born in my hometown. Nike is like my home and Tracktown USA and all these things. It's not just a logo. It's a feeling. So how do you work and with your clients to... That's exactly it. It's the feeling. You do that. Well, through your branding, obviously, but what we, where we start is, you know, what, what's the message you need to get across to your ideal prospects? to attract them to you. And one, and we start with the messaging because that's the most important. And from the messaging, you know what kind of mood you need to elicit with your branding. You, need, you, you pull from that, what kind of feeling do we need to get across? And then you develop a logo, and, but it is more than a logo. It's, you know, within your logo, you've got the colors you need, you've got the fonts you need. Everything that goes into your logo should keep in mind that feeling, your message that you're getting across, the, the, that image that you need to project. And then it goes, like you said, way beyond, beyond your logo. Um, we do a style guide that says, you know, this is what, if we do print ads, this is kind of, this is how we're, they're going to be laid out, keeping in mind the, you know, the message and the feeling all the way to their, the, I work with solo, typically solopreneurs or people in very small companies. So it goes to their photos. Uh, That is a huge part of your branding. If you are the face of the company and we incorporate obviously the right colors for your brand, but also the personality. Say, you know, if you're laid back and casual photos are outside, you know, if, if you're professional, they're at a desk. We don't do the studio headshots ever, but we use photos that will pull in personalities and all of that. And that goes all the way through to, you know, all of your ad materials, all the images you use, not just the ones of you, and then your website. And as I mentioned earlier, if you do print ads, because so many people don't now, that's part of it, but everything should go back to your style guide and your style guide is tagged back to, this is the feeling we're trying to elicit with our marketing. This is, this is what we need. This is the mood we need to set. This is the messaging we need to cross. And this is the feeling that we established to accomplish both of those. 
So, so true. When I got into the online space, I was like, what's a brand? I don't know. I'm just posting some pictures. And now that I have a coaching practice and a course and like a website, my Instagram is still very, very me, but all the colors are the same. The, mm-hmm. the preset is all the same for everything. And it just helps. I'm like, these are the vibes I want. Cause I don't want people to find me on Instagram and then go to my Facebook and have them be like two different things. What is she doing if it's this different and then my website doesn't match I don't think everything needs to be exactly like post every single thing but I'm like the colors are the same I'm obsessed with my fonts they're so fun like they're mm-hmm. elegant and the colors when I was coming up with colors I was I like pink I'm a very pink bright personality how can I bring that into everything but tone it down so that I have cool pinks because I want to enjoy it. I think so many people are trying to force their brands into what is popular right now. What aesthetic yeah. is, what is the most, what is going to get the most likes somehow right now? And is it going to change as soon as that pattern changed? I've been posting pink quotes forever. I've been posting mm-hmm. all of my gym stuff, money stuff. These are things that I've been posting for forever. So it seemed unrealistic for me to shift all that and be like, yeah, this is what my new life is. It's got nothing to do with anything else. So come and in. That's and that's such an important point. That, and I tell clients all the time, when we're coming up with your colors, it has to be something you love because it's representing you. But on your points, this is my pink. These are the colors I use. It's okay to work in some trends. And, and I do follow like when um, Pantone comes out with their colors every year, we, we take some of them and work them into advertising. But that should never, ever change your foundation colors, your core. That's you. And it's just like yours. This is me. And and that doesn't change with the seasons or the trends or anything else. It's consistent. And that's what gives you your brand. Absolutely. People should be able to recognize you whatever platform you're on. Exactly. So I came into it with just a lot of trial and error. And I was just, well, this works. And just like learning new things. What was it like coming up with your brand? Like how has that changed pre-internet, all print, which I love. So much. I remember my mom being like, the internet's just a phase. It's going to go away because they thought it was stupid when I was in high school before it was real. Y'all, I need the internet to do school. And they're like, the internet's going to go away. And I'm like, okay, mom, what's the internet like now? As they have like smartphones and tablets. So like, what's that transition like? For me, it was hard. Designing for yourself is, I think, the hardest thing that a a marketer can do because it's so very hard to to take a step back. For me, I guess, fortunately, about three or four years ago, I had to, not had to, but I restructured my company on the advice of my CPA. And I went from the Heron Company, um, which was named after a bird, to Heron Design, just because going from an S-Corp to an LLC, the Heron Company wasn't available. So at that point, it forced me to rebrand and it was about the time I was shifting my entire business online. So I developed a new logo and I kept my colors. My colors have always been navy and teal because those are my favorite colors. And they're a little outdoorsy. They represent the river to me, but they're not your standard blues and greens of every outdoorsy company because I am, I I sit at a computer all day. I don't, I spend as much of my personal time outdoors, but work stuff, you know, I'm in an office. So, um, but it probably took me six weeks to develop a logo I liked. I mean, I would sit down every day and sketch it and, and be like, and 
it, it finally, one day I drew out my heron with the illustrator pen with it. And it was like, okay, that's it. I, I, it, that one, that one, that works. But, um, but it's, it's hard when you're drawing your own, but I also tell clients when I'm developing work logos, especially for clients, a lot of times I will come up with three logos and they don't like any of them. I'm like, fine, that gives us direction. You know, you have to have something to look at before you know, or, you know, like I like that part of that one and that part of that one and none of the third one. It's like, fine, that's, that's direction. So I always tell people we need something on paper first and then, then you start tweaking until you get what works. Yes. The first draft is rarely what you should go with. Yeah. Branding should be a little trial and error. Like if you know right out the gate everything in every single detail, you are a magical unicorn in the world of marketing and branding. Really? Or, you, or you've literally been working on it forever and you just didn't pull the trigger on it which is something that a lot of people do, but I think trial and erroring it, because if you don't know what you don't like, how are you going to figure out what you do? Are you just going to settle for the first thing and be like, well, I'm just going to make this work for the rest of my business. Yeah, that's, that's the awful thing. But I do agree the trial and error and I tell clients and we trial and error until you love it. Because if you don't love it, like you said, this is for the rest of your business life. It needs to be something you love, absolutely love. And, um, and so it's, it's, but it's a trial and error. It's a process. It's a good process, y'all. It sounds like a lot of work. When you're coming up with a branding, coming up with cool colors and logos should be so freaking fun. You should be so excited to be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is me. And like, you can just put it out into the world, figuring out like an email header. Y'all, that took me three weeks. But <laughs> I, I look at it and I'm like, this is so nice. This is excellent. We're going to do and this. Part of this, which I try to make a point with my clients, when your branding represents you, what you're Two goals are, well, actually, yeah, two goals. You want to resonate with people who are going to be your ideal client and you want to turn away people who aren't. So if they look at your branding and they see somebody, say for instance, you're somebody who's outdoorsy and they're like, ah, that's unprofessional or somebody who wears shorts to work and, and they look at it and they say, oh, that's unprofessional. You want them to see that because if that's you, you don't want to waste your time with them, you know, and, and you can use your branding and your photos and things like that to attract the ones that you want to work with and turn away the ones you don't. And that's where the branding and the marketing come together and work super well, because that's, that's the point. And, and it helps you, you know, it helps you weed out the ones that you probably don't want to spend or don't want to waste time on. Y'all it is out in the world. Money mastery, your 12 week, step-by-step, step, change your money mindset, learn how to budget, fight back your debts, change your life, learn to manifest. The magic is out, it is live, it is real, and I am just so freaking thankful and excited and I cannot wait for y'all to get your hands on this. This was 17 months of my own life, trial and error. It was seven months of reaching out to you amazing people, asking questions, surveys, finding out exactly what you needed to change your money mindset, create a budget, and change your freaking life. Money Mastery is live right now. Make sure that you check it out. The link is gonna be in the bio. 
exactly. You are not for everyone. You do not have to make everyone happy because if you are making everyone happy, you're not getting anything done. If you're just trying to be for everyone, then you're not for anyone. And that was something that I had to really figure out. I was, I just want everyone to like me and to be happy and think that I'm awesome. And now, oh, that was super fake. And I didn't like any of the people who like liked me for those things. Right. Right. And and that's actually where I start with every client. We we start way before the branding with who is your ideal client? You know, who do you want to work with? And almost everybody says, you know, when I start off with who who do you want to sell to? Everybody. It's like, oh no, 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 no. No, we're not doing that. Because like you just said, you can't be everything to everybody. If you're a small business, you absolutely don't have the budget to be everything to everybody. It's so much simpler to define a niche of people that you want to work with, the people that you love. And so we go through an exercise every time with, I start with clients of who do you not want to work with? You know, tell me your, your three worst clients that you give you nightmares. And we list all their qualities. I'm like, okay, so we now know what we don't want to work with. We can weed those people out. Let's go through who are the people that give you absolute joy that you cannot wait to get to the meetings to work with them. You know, you, you make you want to jump out of bed in the mornings because part of it too, for us as small business owners, if we're not loving our work, what's the point? Go to work for somebody else. You know, you should define your days and define your business in a way that just makes you happy. And part of that is finding ideal clients who you love spending time with. And so that's where we start, or that's where I start with clients is let's identify that specific ideal client. And that's not everybody. I mean, you know, none of us get along with everyone. And, and so we start there with, let's get your ideal client and then let's figure out our messaging. And then, then we do the branding. So when you know what you don't want, you can build a really strong foundation for what you do want. And if eventually you do scale hugely and you have the opportunity to provide more services for everyone, that's great. When you're like a small business and you're starting out and you like have a mission to help like certain people, give those people all of your time. Give those people everything that you possibly can because they're the ones that are going to show up for you. They're going to want your services and they're going to recommend you to other people. If you help the right people, they're going to tell other people who are going to tell other people. It's just very focus on, focus on the good things instead yeah. of that one person who left one mean comment about how this is dumb. They can think whatever they want. They're not for you. And that's so, so freaking important is not being for everyone. And so I definitely want to talk about your Facebook group, the mm -hmm. tech savvy, confident marketers. Yes. Because as we talked about briefly before, I am maybe not super tech savvy in <laughs> any way. And so I was scrolling, I saw that you have like a whole Facebook group and you do a bunch of different master classes on there. How did you end up doing that? Who is it for? Got like one of the coolest group titles that I've seen <laughs> in a while. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what she does and maybe I need this. Well, it is one, I believe anybody can be tech savvy. I figure if me starting off literally before computers. If I can learn all of this, anyone can. And that's one of the focuses of my group, but mainly it's to work with women business owners and teach them the foundations of marketing, the foundations of branding, technology that they can use online. And so every Monday I do a free masterclass 
on something related to marketing and branding. This past Monday, I did just an open Q&A and it was phenomenal because one of um, the members of my group who I thought, we, we have had LinkedIn training before, but she came with questions that once she said, I have these questions, other people were like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. So it was phenomenal. We spent almost the whole class on Monday just on LinkedIn stuff and down to basics. Like, you know, if you're posting on LinkedIn and you need to link to something, you know, like you have a link to an article or a link to a resource, you don't put that in your post. You put that in the comments because if you have a link within a LinkedIn post, it hurts the algorithm. It hurts your chances of LinkedIn showing it to more people. They don't want you sending people off their platform, basically. So that's a major no-no. Do not include a link in your post. Right. Facebook, it's a little the same, but not near as, it doesn't hurt you nearly as bad. But there are little things like that, that in a masterclass, when you've got the back and forth, things that to me just, I don't know, I, I just know, and I don't always think to say, you know, don't do that. Another thing we talked about was hashtags um, and, and how you can develop custom hashtags for your content to help people follow you. So those are the kind of things we do in the master classes. They're very informal. I don't, I do have a script that I follow, but I don't do slides. I don't have a presentation. I start and I just talk and then somebody asks a question and we may go a totally different direction from my notes because it depends on who's there and what questions they have. So those are a lot of fun and I enjoy it. And it's all women entrepreneurs and we are very supportive of each other. And um, one of the, when I started this, I had had it kind of like a lot of things. I'd had it on the back burner for several months and was building out content for the group. And I had this master plan of how I was going to do units for, you know, everything I do with my clients. And I have four pillars with my clients to where as I said, we start with your ideal client, then your messaging, then your branding, and finally your marketing, how you're going to reach those people. And so I had this huge grand plan and then COVID hit. And one of my friends who several of my friends and I started meeting for coffee virtually on Zoom every Tuesday and Friday morning. And we are part of a women's group here in Chattanooga that has over 2000 members. So they put it out to the group to join and we had more and more women join, most of us being business owners. And so one of my friends that were on, was on the coffee with us every morning or twice a week said, you know, all the stuff you're creating in your group, we all need, and we need it now. And I said, well, I'm not ready. And she's like, yes, I know. And if we wait until you are ready, it's going to be next year. We need this now. And so she pushed hard and I finally, and so I mentioned it one morning, would anybody else, you know, does anybody else want to do this? Would you be interested? And they all said, yes. So I said, okay, the group's not ready, but I'll open it up. And for the first few weeks, there were probably 12 to 15 of us. And we would do the trainings on Mondays. And then on Wednesdays, we get together and we boost each other on social media where we will live. Each one of us makes a post to either Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And you explain the post. You, you explain your reasoning behind it while you're posting it, you know, and that part of it, it helps each one of us fine tune our messaging because when you're actually explaining it, saying the words out loud to other people, you tweak things. And week after week, you learn 
this is this is my messaging. So that's a huge benefit, just talking about what you're doing. But then the second thing, once you make your post, everyone else on the Zoom call immediately goes in and likes it and comments it. And those two things exponentially jumpstart your post. And, and we've tried it. We've done experiments to where, you know, we'll have a post on one day and a similar post the next day. And people liking and commenting on it within the first five minutes makes such a tremendous difference that I think the, the, my core group of people don't miss the Zoom call because it, it, it's incredible. And not only is it on Wednesdays, it boosts your posts on Wednesdays, it boosts your posts the next day. So it it's, helps us, all of us, you know, with whatever we are doing on social media. And at the same time, I have some group members who are not tech savvy. I mean, they're learning and I tell them because they all, you know, one woman apologizes every time. I'm so sorry. I, I haven't figured this out. I'm like, that's what we're here for. You know, we will walk you through making this post. We will walk you through figuring out your hashtags. And so we do a lot of that back and forth. And it's not just me, it's other women on the call that we give each other feedback. And, and even like yesterday, I had a post for LinkedIn and one of the women on the call said, you don't have a photo. Or I mentioned, I don't have a photo. And she said, you had this great photo that would match this. Why don't you do it? And it's that kind of feedback of a supportive group of your peers that makes a huge difference. I mean, it's just all of us need that, especially right now. But even once we go back to pseudo normal, those of us who have our own businesses so many times are working by ourselves and just that's the benefit of being in a group i don't know if if you follow um, napoleon hill but one of his things that he says for su for success you need a mastermind you need other people around you and a group like this gives us that you know you have other people who are pushing you supporting you and that give just giving you feedback and so it's the group itself has been far more than i dreamed it would be but it's so much fun. And, you know, we just started in March and I'm at 72, 73 members. I grow every week and it's, it's amazing. I, I love doing it. So I'm forever grateful to my friend who pushed me to start it. Cause like she said, if I had waited till I thought I was done, like done, done, I'd still be working on content and the units that I was going to create, I still haven't gone back and created, but it, it works for us and, and it's fun. So like COVID is done, has been crazy and rocked my entire world, but it gave me such a kick in the butt to do so many things. The things that I'm doing that I launching my course and coaching and I have a Facebook group, all of these things. I was like at the beginning of this year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do those. And I was in 2021, I'm going to spend this whole year and I'm going to prep it. And then like COVID happened and I was, oh, uh, I have all this time now. Okay oh, maybe what I have is actually valuable because so many, so I do like wealth coaching, getting out of debt, making budgets and plans. And all my friends were like, oh my God, we just lost our jobs. We don't know what we're doing. And I was, okay, here's how you get on a budget. Here's what you should do. This is mm -hmm. what you do. And it was just because we, because we're so close to being debt free. We got so deep into it. And I was just casually like talking about it and being, you know, you could just swap out like these things and prioritize. And then COVID happened and people, I don't know how to save money. I don't know how to plan for any of this. I wasn't ready. And I was, okay, here's how we get you ready. Here's your priorities. Here's where you cut spending. This is what we got to do. And people were like, well, how do I do that? And I was like, okay, let me, let me make a Facebook group and keep you like up to date on laws that have changed, stimulus checks, things happening. And then like, here's 
savings tips and here's how you can save money and how to build up a nest egg and not cry yourself to sleep about money like I used to. All these things. So COVID was terribly great. But it, with things like what you do, that information is so valuable and it cha literally changes people's lives. And I think so many of us get in the mindset, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Whereas for people you're helping, done is better than perfect. I mean, being able to present the information, it may not be perfect. It may not have, you know, the look and the packaging and everything that you want. But at the end of the day, the information is there that people can use and it changes lives. And I think that's something that a lot of us have to get in that mindset. Just get it done. You know, not and not put out something totally sloppy. You don't want something full of typos or anything like that. But at the same time, there's a happy medium there to where you can perfect something for the next 10 years or you can put it out today that's going to change somebody's life yeah. and, and make you money. That's, there's the important thing too. You know, I also tell clients, you're supposed to make money. You cannot serve from an empty cup. You know, you need to be getting money in so that you can make money. I mean, so that you can help other people with their lives. So because in my head, I was, yeah, I'm planning all these things, but I can't like help somebody else get out of debt if I'm not already out of debt. And I just like completely discredited. I was, oh, we paid off like $40,000. Yeah. Like, yes, you can. If your information helps people, it helps people. <laughs> so. so that was definitely a pivot point in COVID. Okay, I have to do it. If I don't do it now, when I have all of this time and I have all of these people who actually need this, what good is it doing to them if I don't release something until they've literally fallen on their face financially, mm -hmm. don't have any idea what to do? I'm like, here, help. Here you go. Yes. Absolutely. So since you've been in the industry for forever, forever, <laughs> it's so valuable. The changes that you've gotten to see, the things you've gotten to implement and that you just rolled with it, I think is so, so valuable to all your clients because you have been through all of it. If you could go back, hang out with your younger self, we'd just gotten into the business of marketing. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, wow. Besides that the internet is going to be real. So the internet is going to be real. Yeah, do that. I think an early on, my services were based around graphic design. Actually, early on, graphic design almost entirely. And I did marketing. And I always did the but I didn't have a formal process. And then I became graphic design and web design. And those were the services that I provided. But I didn't, I guess I didn't look at the whole process. I looked at marketing as just part of what we did, you know, but it was not something we could sell. And now I see that instead of providing services, what we provided really were outcomes. And I would tell my younger self, focus more on your outcomes. Don't focus, you know, fonts are important, colors are important. Those things are so crucial, but the outcome is what you're going for. You know, you don't need an all day meeting to choose a font. And I've been in one of those. I've actually been in multiple of those. When, when you're in an agency, you can get a little crazy, especially before the internet. Those things were far more important, but I don't think it was ever that important. I mean, when you're really what you want is to focus on outcomes. And, and that would be something I would definitely change. And to, you know, take the internet seriously because the magazine, I, you know, I would tell myself the magazine you're running right now, the print version is going to be going away. And I would have never, ever dreamed that was true. I mean, it was such, I mean, that was what we were. We were a magazine. So, um, but yeah, but I think more focusing on the outcomes than all of the pieces and the, 
products. It's, you know, what at the end of the day do you want to accomplish? You know, what, what we're doing, you know, we want to get our services and products in front of people. Yeah. Like going back to that Nike, I'm not buying a picture of a swoosh. I'm buying high quality workout equipment. I'm buying shoes that I know that I will be able to run in for hopefully a year at least. Yes. I'm not, I'm not buying a swoosh as cool as the swoosh is. I'm buying what it's going to do for me. You can Mm -hmm. have the most perfect looking logo and all of the best colors in the website. But if what you're offering people isn't going to help them or do what they need they're gonna figure it out real fast and it's not gonna go great so I definitely like to focus on what your outcome is gonna be because that's what's gonna keep people coming back that's gonna keep people engaged that's what's gonna keep people from leaving angry hateful comments on all of your Facebook things about absolutely about all that so we are almost through July somehow in all of the chaos, my 2020 bingo card of crazy is full. So assuming we make it through the rest of this year without any hornet tsunamis or the aliens that are real, I guess. Time you're going to put out ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think that sometimes I'm like, mm, I'll be like watching a show and I'll be like, wouldn't that be awful if that happened? And then I'm like, oh no. Pull that thought back right now. Like, <laughs> not even go there. Okay. I just imagine like someone controlling 2020 and they have a little roulette wheel and they're just like, let's see what should happen this month. That's what 2020 is to me now. Cause I don't remember what happened in February. I like try to think back. I'm like, I don't know. That was like seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to the most for the chaos majesticness that is the rest of 2020? Oh, well, business-wise, I'm looking forward to my group growing. That has been phenomenal. We've started running ads. And so as it grows, and, and that part is just fun. It can is uh, get into that? Any, any women business owner can get into that. Um, we have a few women who are marketers, like network marketers, and, um, and they are also welcome to join us. It's, most of my content is for women who are solopreneurs who are the face of their company. And so, yes, any woman business owner can join. Um, it's basically it's tech, my whole audience. So I will- Tech savvy, confident marketers. Perfect. Um, I will put that group in the show notes because I think my husband might be the only male and maybe like two of my friends that listen to this podcast. Everybody <laughs> else is in network marketing, in the online space. If there are other guys out there listening, thank you. I support you, but most of y'all are just badass ladies. So you're going to want to get into this group. Yes, absolutely. And, and it is wonderful to have a supportive group of women around us this time. And once the pandemic ends. So that's one of the other things I'm looking forward to. I'm predicting that by December, we got to be out of this. Surely people wear their masks, stay away from each other, wash your hands. We can feel I need football. I need football. I need, I need, honestly, and this is going to sound, well, it's not going to sound awful. It is what it is. I need to be able to walk into a bar and have drinks with my girlfriends. Right. There's um, so many tacos that I am not eating in right. a good space. I and and so- I, I want to be able to meet a group of friends. You know, right now I, I do see girlfriends, but it's 
three at a time and we're spaced out apart. I want to hug people again. I want to be able to, I want to actually be able to sit at a table with friends and share a meal at a restaurant just to be able to, to, I want to be able to eavesdrop on other people at different tables. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? I need to listen to other people's lives while I pretend to have a conversation, but their conversation is more interesting. It's more interesting. I can't do that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I need football. I need real humans. Yes. Endless chips. That is, that's a perfect life. That's all we need. That's all we need. I'm never going to take that for granted ever again. Never again. Oh, and to be able to try on clothes in stores. That part really stinks. That that's been a hard thing this year. That, but that's a minor thing. I can deal without that. Just give me the ability to go have drinks with my friends in a bar um, and I'll be happy. And I think by December we should hopefully, and hopefully, you know, our kids will be all right too, as far as schooling and all of that. So I predict that's going to go well. Or your, yeah. What is your school? Like, I don't actually even know what Tennessee um, school. Well, I have one that's graduated from college, so he's clear. I have two in high school and their school is starting back August 19th. Um, they are testing. It's a private school. They are testing all of the day students and all of the boarders before school starts. Every single person that is going to be on campus has to have a test. And then you are quarantined for three days until you get your test results back. If you have it, obviously you cannot be part of classes. You're, you're, you, you have health department or not health department, the, the, whatever the, the doctors on staff will take care of those kids. But then, then they're going to do 10% testing. I think every week they'll test 10% of the campus just to get a baseline for where everyone is. It's not perfect. And the kids are going to be in masks. They're going to be, they're, they're spaced out within a classroom so that all the desks are now six feet apart. We already luckily have small classes, so that's a good sign. And just see how it goes. You know, I don't, I know some of our public schools here in in Tennessee are doing kind of a hybrid where part of the kids are at home, part of the kids are in school. I I know there's so many different approaches and everybody's doing what they, they hope is best. You know, and I think we won't really know what's best until school starts back. I do think the kids need to be together at some point. I know with my teenagers, they need that interaction. As I mean, I know there's dangers to it, but for a teenager, being stuck at home with four walls around them is not healthy at all. They need to be with their friends. They need the social interaction. I think adults, you and I, I mean, running, and especially for me, running on the trails, I that's my peace of mind. That's my mental health. And I can talk to my girlfriends on Zoom, and I do. And I run with girlfriends. I, I out on the water with friends. So I get that. But teenagers, they need just hang out. So I'm hoping our schools have some kind of solution to help them get together. My hometown, like they're doing like half and half. So they're doing every other day is online and then in person so they can have that. And they're doing a lot of testing and masks. We don't have kids. We have cats. We have cats. And then most of my friends who do have kids, they're still so little that they're not even dealing with school yet, which is we're very thankful for. But they're like two and three, so they don't care. They don't want to leave home anyway. They just they just want to do whatever they're doing. Well, they can't go to playgrounds right now. That's another thing that, that 
I did that before. They all have like, my friend's baby, I think has their own play structure. Okay. So they have things like that. And then, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping by this time next year, we can have, you know, football. Um, football would be awesome. Soccer would be awesome. <laughs> I'm almost looking forward to like the conversations that I'll have in a decade. Remember that time when we went through a global pandemic? Wasn't that funny? And I want it to be funny. I want it to be funny then. Be like, we were crazy back then. We didn't do anything. We had to wear all these masks. Like, I'm going to like look at masks for the rest of my life and be like, this divided a nation. This is cool. It absolutely. And it's sad that it has, but I think people are starting to come around that they understand it's not a political thing. It's, it's, you know, we had, um, luckily it turned out okay. But I, as you know, I, I, kayak with a group of people and one of my girlfriends is in recover remission from cancer and so we tell everybody we're not you're not wearing a mask for you you're not wearing a mask for anybody else but her because if she catches this and you have it and don't know it it could kill her so we wear a mask for her and um she had a scare last year last week where she had a fever and thought she had the virus and it's like okay who wore who was around her without a mask what were you thinking and it turns out she didn't have the virus she tested negative and she's now tested negative twice but it's those kind of things that it's a wake-up call it's like you know just a simple act of you wearing a mask and her wearing a mask makes it 90 percent likely that you will not give her the virus. Now, there's still that 10% chance or 6 to 10% chance, but why not take every precaution you can short of her having to be holed up in her house until this is over, which is, that's misery for anybody. That's just, that's too hard. Hopefully, and I think people are starting to realize that it's not a, it's not about restricting people. It's literally about keeping people safe. And you don't know what you've been exposed to. Sadly, you don't know if you've, you don't know that you're exposed until you come down with symptoms. And by then three days, you know, whoever you've been around for the last three days, you could have made sick. So, yeah. but I think our country's finally, I think people are finally starting to come around. Yeah, I got so hyperbotic because for years I would have such bad pneumonia, bronchitis, like, and I'd have it for weeks. So yeah, I'm a runner and I'm healthy, but if I get an upper respiratory infection, I'm down. It's game mm-hmm. over. I'm bedridden. I can't breathe. And I was like, if I get COVID, my lungs have been through so many things already. That could probably be me on a ventilator. They'd be like, uh, this new disease? Bye. And so I, like when my hotel closed down, I was, thank goodness. I'm not prepared to be around people who have been in airplanes, who have been traveling, all these hotel services. We cleaned everything, but I'm like, I have to be within like a foot of someone. I'm handing them something. Mm -hmm. If they're coughing at my desk, oh no, this isn't gonna go great. So I've taken quarantine very seriously. And we do curbside pickup for all our groceries now. It's way easier and more convenient and I can't frivolously buy things anymore more, which has been great for my mm-hmm. budget. There's just so many little things and I am encouraged when I see, because Nashville, like you have to wear a mask. Yes. And when it was beginning, like people weren't doing it. And now I see everyone wear a mask and I'm like, I want to give everyone a gold star. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. Because that's how we're going to end this. And I saw a study last week that said if everyone would wear a mask, stay six feet apart and wash your hands within four to six weeks, we can kick this. But that requires everyone to wear a mask, wash your hands and stay six feet apart. And that's so hard to do. I mean, I know the mask part is hard. Washing your hands is easy, but staying six feet apart, that's harder. I mean, that's really when you're around friends and you just want to go, oh, 
And it's summer and there's so many, like if this had happened in winter, I don't even think it would be that bad. If it had only happened in winter, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to go outside around a bunch of people anyway. I'm good. But now it's like summertime. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to outdoor concerts. I want to go to all these things. We just gotta say no. Those things will happen again and they'll happen again sooner if we just keep rolling with this because people who are staying inside if you were listening to this and you're one of those people who thinks all that's stupid and you just want to go outside and do stuff i also would like to go out and do stuff i too would like to go out and do everything that i was doing in my life i would like to go to my gym and not have to wear a mask because i have to wear a mask i would like to be able to run on a treadmill without a mask also but I'm doing it because I want it to be over. If you think going to the grocery store in a mask is hard, y'all, try running on a treadmill. <laughs> Talk to me about your breathing issues. Yes, absolutely. I think there will be good progress. I think it's gonna get better. Even it's gotta get a little worse beforehand. I think it's a more it'll be a more unified front because things have rolled back. So I think more people are now invested in making it better if for no other reason than to get all y'all's kids out of the house to go to school <laughs> yes absolutely i i would agree with that hopefully we're at the i don't know we're not on the downhill yet but we're close i think we're really close to, to getting to the point where we're going to start downhill very excited about that so i am so thankful that you took time to hang out with me in the show notes i'll have your website i will have that facebook group so that people can find you work with you all of that and i just like to have my guests close out with like a final takeaway message something exciting positive really whatever you want if you want to be like everything is awful you can totally do that but whatever you got. Oh no, everything is not awful. And I will say, um, I, I'm honest, I'm constantly on a soapbox, but for women business owners, your marketing and branding are your secret weapon. You can use it to build your confidence. You use it to make money, obviously to connect with clients, but you can also use it to give yourself, boost your self-confidence. And for, I would say almost every one of us, we've gone through imposter syndrome and we've gone through the days where you're, you're just, you feel lost. You don't know what to do. You, you have, you need a confidence boost. And if you do your branding and you do your marketing right, that gives you a leg up on everything and it can be your secret weapon. So I would encourage any woman business owner, whether you hire me, whether you hire somebody else, or whether you just dive in and do it yourself to really take a look at how you use your marketing and branding and make sure it represents you. Make sure it lets the real you come through in a way that you really like that person that you see on the screen and it can help you become successful. It's so good. I love, 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 love. It is your secret weapon, your branding, who you are, what your message is. That is your secret weapon. It is everything. And I just love that. Thank you. Thank you. It was so good to talk with you today. I have so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so very much for having me on. 